It's episode 76 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. As we close out 2018 and round third heading for 2019, we're sending the old year out in style on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, Breaker, Radio Public, PlayaPod, Anchor, Pocket Casts, and so many more. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown and the host at The Lee W. Mowen. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Music is provided by freestockmusic.com. Now, it's time for our host, Lee. W. Mowen. So I just recorded that little opening bit for my podcast, and wow, my voice is rough. I'm going to apologize right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is probably the best that my voice is going to sound for this episode. I've been using my voice nonstop for the past four days. First up, two full days of wrestling at the Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association Holiday Tournament. And I've broadcasted five games out of the Miami Valley Freeze Tournament up in Troy. And yes, we'll talk about both of those. But again, my voice is rough for this duration. I'm sorry. Hopefully 77 will sound better. But... Just a little tidbit, I dropped some possible good news on my Twitter, which, in case you're interested, follow the podcast on Twitter at GemOnQueenCrown, and follow me on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen. No matter how bad my voice sounds, I look good on Twitter, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why people follow me. I'm boring. But... I can't say what the good news is, because I've signed... It and I don't think the ink has dried or the e ink has dried, but there is a possibility this podcast will be joining a podcasting network of sorts. So hopefully, episode seventy-seven, maybe seventy-eight of uh, the good news. Of course, with my luck, I'll get it right after I'm done with the episode. And yeah, so we'll see how that goes. It's possible. I don't want to really say anything more on that just because of the fact I say, oh, I'm joining this network. And it's like, nah, we decide you suck. And it's like, oh. So, there we go. How is tomorrow, Tuesday, 2019? Why is this the day of recording? The last day of 2018? Where did this year go? Well, I know where it went. It went zoom! Like a race car. But, uh... 2019, that's tomorrow. Wow. 
I, I can't believe it. Uh, the year was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It was fairly rough, too. You know, I, I don't really want to talk about that. You don't come in here listening to what's bugging me. You come here to listen for local Sunday sports, and I'm here to provide you that. First up, the 2018 Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association Holiday Tournament. This is the 48th annual tournament. It's been happening since 1972. 48 schools come in, saw nearly 450 wrestlers. That's a lot of wrestlers. We had eight mats. We went down to six after one o'clock on the first day. And the auxiliary mats would just try to get through the first round of wrestling. It's a lot of fun. It's my third year announcing it. It's my second year at Vandalia Butler and my second year that I didn't have bronchitis. So, you know, knock on wood. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I, I'm really ecstatic that I get that opportunity to do so. Wrestling is a sport I wish I was more involved in in terms of announcing, but what I get to do at the holiday tournament, it's a lot of fun. And like I mentioned, you could see a lot of Great quality wrestlers, great schools out there. And also, if you look at it this way, when do you ever see some of these schools compete each other in other sports? Football, I know, 10 games in regular season. So really, you're going to try to pick the best non-conference schedule and try to stay in your division and then your conference schedule. But you have a lot of, you have a lot of wrestlers that compete each other. I mean, you had, uh, Brookville and Bellbrook, which that's a terrible example because of the fact they're conference foes. But I just like that because it's the Battle of the Brook. You know, not the same brook, but you know, one made a bill on it, one has a bell on it. So there you go. You know, true story. But when do you ever see like Miamisburg taking on Eaton? When do you ever see Shamana Julian taking on, you know, some of these schools? You get what I'm saying. You, you have a lot of, you have a lot, you know, to go through. And I do have the results of the first place bouts, which I'd like to share with you. For first place in the 106 weight category, Covington's Kellen Anderson defeated Nolan Gessler of Graham. Anderson, a sophomore at Covington. Gessler, a freshman at Graham. For the 113, Bailey Suttoff of Vandalia Butler took down Trace Braun of Graham. You have Cameron LeCure of Legacy Christian, a freshman at Legacy Christian in Xenia, taking down Ryle, that's uh, Ryle in Kentucky, taking down Shea Horton, a freshman taking down a senior, by the way, for the 120 title. LeCure and Gavin Brown, also a freshman, who took down Logan Hoskins, a state-ranked wrestler, for the 126 title. Those freshmen are the real deal. So if you like wrestling, I keep an eye on those two freshmen for Legacy Christian. For the 132, you have Graham's Nick Moore taking down Mason Kleinberg of Springboro. In the 138s, Alec Martin of Graham takes down Delaware Hayes' Zach Williams. Jordan Crace of Bell Fountain takes down Eaton's Wade Moneybreak via pin for first place in the 145 bout. For 152, Graham's Jeffrey Thomas takes down Nelsonville York's Noah and Bowden. For the 160, you have Justin Love of Butler defeating Wayne's Jaden Hardrick. For 160, 170, 
Drew Weekers of Centerville takes down Chaminade Julien's David Frederick for the title. Hunter Johns of Chaminade Julien wins the 182 first place bout against Walton Verona's Dalton Mayer. For the 195, you have Jacob Kowalski of Springboro picking up first place over Braden Bokehi of Walton Verona. Bruno Patterson of Bell Fountain wins the 220 against Graham's Trey Pence. And the last class category, the 285, it's Wayne's Jacob Padilla taking down Johnny Schaefer of Graham. That's your first place finishers. And I also have the school results for you as you pick up points every wrestling bout you spar in. And winning the entire tournament with 306 total points, the Graham Falcons. Winning the big school division as it's split up between your smaller schools and your bigger schools, the Springboro Panthers. They pick up 168.5 points over host Vandalia Butler's 155. And then for fourth place overall, you have the Centerville Elks at 134.5. Then... Covington back in the small school district with 129. We'll run down the big schools and small schools first for the big schools. Springboro, Vandalia, Butler, Centerville. Fourth place, the Pacers out of Delaware Hayes. Not to be confused with the Indiana Pacers. The Delaware Hayes Pacers picked up 104 points. Wayne in fifth in the big schools, 91 and a half. Ryle in sixth, 84 points for the Raiders. Tecumseh Arrows, 80 and a half. More traditional out of Kentucky, 72 and a half. Hilliard Bradley, 70 and a half. Northmont, 70 points. Simon Kenton, also out of Kentucky, 64 points. The Scott County Eagles and Pickerington Central both finished with 56.5 points. West Claremont, 55.5. Kenton Ridge, 48. Tri-Valley, 41. Miamisburg, 40. By the way, Tri-Valley's in Dresden, not Tri-Village in New Madison. Tri-Valley is the Scotties. Tri-Village would be the Patriots. And Tri-Village would be in the small school district as well. But that's Tri-Valley in Dresden. Miamisburg, 40 points. Big Walnut, 37. Oak Hills, 32.5. Newark, 29. Fairborn and Xenia both pick up 28 for Greene County. Sydney, 23. Uh, Princeton, 22.5. Troy, 20 points. Springfield, 19. And Chillicothe, 10 points. For small schools, Graham with 306. Covington, 129. A tie for third. Chaminade, Julian, and Walter Verona with 101. Legacy Christian, 98 points. Troy Christian, 93 points. Wapakoneta, 92. Eaton, 86. Bell Fountain, 85. Versailles, 61 and a half. Nelsonville, York, out of the Athens area. They have the New York Yankees logo, the NY, not the Yankees with the hat on the back. They have the NY logo, and yes, I did say Yankees in about. <clears throat> yeah, I felt stupid. They're the Buckeyes, actually. They are brown and orange, just like National Trails colors. They have the NY, and they're the Buckeyes. So, yeah, the more you know. Do, 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 do. Nelsonville, York, 59 points. Brookville, 50 and a half. Benjamin Logan, 47. Milton Union, 44 and a half. Wilmington, 34. Bellbrook and Urbana both pick up 33 points. Greenview, 30 and a half. National Trail, 25. Upper Sandusky, 19. And Prabhashani with six points. That's all the schools involved in the 48th annual 
GMVWA Holiday Tournament in Vandalia, Ohio. A lot of fun. Saw a lot of wrestling. Talked to a lot of wrestlers, mainly to say, hey, how do you say your name? Because, like I mentioned, 450 wrestlers, that's at least 48 head coaches there. So trying to find, trying to get a master list of names, you know, and all those pronunciations, that'd be tough. So normally around semifinals is when I start announcing, hey, here's who's on this map. Watch them. And then here's the scoreboard. You can watch them up there, too. Like I mentioned, a lot of fun. Great people. It's great to be a part of. And we honored a couple of folks for the Hall of Fame as well. We honored them before we got to the third, fifth, and first place games. Doug Callanin, a wrestling coach at Kettering for 25 years. 22 years, the head coach at Van Buren Middle School. Three years as a high school assistant for the Firebirds. Also, teacher in middle school for Kettering. State placer for Groveport Madison and wrestled collegiately with the Miami Redskins. And no, I did not say Red Hawks because I think Miami got rid of their wrestling program. Actually, when did Miami get rid of their wrestling program? Wright State got rid of theirs in 1992. Not sure about UD. Uh, the D3 schools in Ohio, the D3 colleges in Ohio still have wrestling. And that's really about it, which surprises me. I mean, wrestling's a pretty big sport. It's one of the oldest sports ever recorded by man. And it mentions that on somewhere in the back of this program, which I have in my hand right now. Just the different techniques. Mixed martial arts is actually a type of form of wrestling, except it's more feet and wrestling. You, you can't kick your opponent. I mean, I'm pretty sure you get kicked out of the ring if you did that. We honor Doug Callanin. We also honor Virgil Goodwine, who passed away a couple years ago, a coach of the year at Springfield and also at Springfield South when that school district was split up north-south. Part of the executive board of the Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association was told he had the greatest left and outstanding father. We honored his two sons and his grandson before, I think it was the 152s. The 152 bouts. And also Jim Jordan, who is part of the United States House of Representatives. The only time I'll talk politics. A major rep in the House of Reps, by the way. A Freedom Caucus founder. Hard worker for high school wrestling. Two-time NCAA champion. Went 150 and won at Graham. That's 150 wins, one loss with the Graham Falcons. Four-time state champ, also coached at Ohio State as an assistant coach. We got to honor him as well. And also a friend of wrestling, Karen Clark, a 38-year employee at Beaver Creek, married to Dan for 37 years, eight grandchildren, three sons that wrestled for the Beaver Creek Beavers, and a daughter that was a statistician for Beaver Creek Wrestling. Which is pretty cool. It's also the first time, hopefully it's the first time, it might be the first time that I'm actively remembering it, but we had a couple of girls wrestle on the mat, which I thought was pretty darn cool. And I'd like to see more of that happen. Not just because, oh, a girl, huh? No, I want to see, you know, girls and women more in sports. That's my personal take. If you disagree with that, well, that's your deal. But that's how I look at it. A lot of fun. 
A lot of fun to be a part of. Very appreciative. And it was a great time. I always enjoy the Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association. Most of the first day, I'm telling fans, don't lean over the rails. Most of them don't listen, but you know. New Shirts was there. They're a store in Kettering. They made shirts. I'm sad. I'm I'm missing my shirt from last year. It's one of my favorites, and I can't find the thing. But they were there for a game, and Butler also has the Rudest store upstairs, which has a lot of wrestling gear, like shirts and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's my only time I get to see wrestling. I, I did ask if there's, like, a PA announcing opportunity here and between now and then for school, and there wasn't, which is fine. But, you know, wrestling, along with lacrosse, maybe tennis. Okay, tennis. Probably the sports I'd like to get more involved in, in terms of announcing, just because I feel like that's the only time I see wrestling. And I feel like I have a pretty solid handle on it. I mean, I know what a pin is, you know, when the ref slams his head. Can I just... Did I say head? I, I meant hand. That would hurt if you had to slam your head in the mat. But can I just say, seeing some of the officials, you know, uh, not crawl, wallow? Is that a good word? Scoot? Scoot on the mats? It's it's kind of funny. Just like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> And then seeing the helpers from the table crew swat the officials in the back with a, a foam, a piece of uh, foam noodle. You know, the things that are sold during the summer. It's like, hey, you want to have fun in the water? Have these. You can hit people with them. Um, but, yeah. It, it, wrestling is really cool if you're, you know, if you want to see wrestling, go out to your school and watch Watch a big invitational. Go to the state. You know? It's a lot of fun. So I I appreciate being part of the Holiday Wrestling Tournament. Looking forward to the 49th edition. It'll be pretty interesting to see what happens next year. I predict a lot of wrestling. So there you go. Again, Graham winning the whole kit and caboodle with 306 points. Falcons, just that wrestling program has been the muscle emoji in the Miami Valley. So the Falcons did did work. They they always do work, but they did a lot of work in the holiday tournament. So a lot of fun saying hi to everyone again. A lot of fun seeing a lot of Preble County people again. The only two schools from Preble County that weren't part of it, uh, both the Panthers of Tri-County North and Twin Valley South. Although North is part of the the schools part of the Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association South is not I did get to see a national trail and Eaton bout I was I got to announce it as well and I think it was the Eaton wrestler I, I don't know if that was money break or not I don't think it was I don't think it was the right weight class but there you go so now we move on from the wrestling mats to the cold hard ice. That's right, we're talking hockey again. After the Centerville Elks did not pick up their third straight Mayor's Cup thanks to a 3 nothing defeat in the hands of the Beaver Creek Beavers, Sunday became a day of revenge. But why am I starting on the last day of the freeze where I could be telling you about the whole tournament? It's one of my favorites during the season. It's held at Hobart Arena in Troy, Ohio. One of my favorite hockey rinks. 
like I mentioned on the streams, the city of Troy and everyone involved, they do a great job keeping up with Hobart Arena. That place looks like it just opened a couple years back, but really it opened up in the 1950s. And if you go about, go back to episode 39, I believe that's my interview with Chuck Gabringer. He was the author of the book Hockey in Dayton. He mentioned, uh, one of the first pages is talking about Hobart's rise. It was built in the 1950s and originally not for hockey. They had to kind of make it a hockey barn. It was first used for a boys basketball game as Troy took on Kettering Fairmont and I think won 39-37. Yes, this is before Fairmont became Fairmont West, Fairmont East. The more you know... Yeah, it's the second time I'm doing that, and I'm only 21 minutes in. Hmm. Anyway, six teams participate in the Miami Valley Freeze. The host, Troy Trojans, the Centerville Elks, the Beaver Creek Beavers, and also the north side of Norfolk, Kentucky. We also had two JV squads this year, the JV squad of the Dayton Stealth and the JV squad of the Finley Trojans. By the way, Finley's varsity squad is ranked number 11 in the state of Ohio. And they're coming back to South Metro on the 12th. So if you're a big high school hockey fan, maybe you want to go see the 11th ranked team in state. I don't know. And then say hi to me because I'll be there. You know, shocker. Anyway, the Centerville Elks had a tremendous freeze tournament. They went 4-0. They defeated the Dayton Stealth 7-1. I was unable to broadcast that game because I was still at the wrestling tournament. We left about 8.30 that night, somewhere around there. The Elks defeated the Stealth JV 7-1 on Saturday, my first day up in Troy. The Elks defeated Norfolk, Kentucky 4-2, a hat trick by Drew Schemmel, and the first high school goal by freshman John Chamberlain. And the Elks came back later that evening and defeated the Finlay JV Trojans 6-2. I tell you, though, in between, after the Centerville first game against the Norse, there was a public skate and doing what I had to do around Troy, running errands and getting a bite to eat. Coming back, seeing all those skaters for public skate is just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they all skate better than I do, but, you know, that's not a hard task. <laughs> I can't skate. So, there you go. That's why I talk instead of play. There we go. And then that set up the Elks playing for the championship game. They needed three points, and they got them against Finley. And that set up what was supposed to be a 7.30 game, and that turned out to be an 11.30 game, which... That's cool. A little bit more sleeping in and then head up to Troy, play for the championship. You know, I was kind of hoping it was the 7.30 game, and I'll tell you why. I know this is going to sound strange, but my voice was a lot better at 7.30 in the morning. Well, actually, 5.30 in the morning when I woke up. It was a lot better for the first game compared to the last game because I, I felt my voice starting to go. It's, it's like this. And imagine when Centerville ended up winning 7 to 2. 1-1 after the first. I mentioned it was 3 to 1 after one. That was another game. So, I was wrong on that. Sorry. And then Centerville think scored the next few goals. Then Beaver Creek got one back and then Centerville scored the rest in the third to win. 
have to tell you about the championship game, but yeah, my voice was stronger in the morning game. Although that was the time where the sunrise was coming up and Hobart's got windows around the rink. And when the sunrise is up over the top windows, then it kind of makes the neutral zone a big blinding light. So yeah, I do like the natural light that pours in. That was a lot. That was really cool to see. The Centerville Elks, like I mentioned, hoisted the trophy. They took down the Beaver Creek Beavers 7-2 to to hand the Beavers their second loss in the year in their 15th game. Yes, Beaver Creek hockey is that good this year. They still got St. X and Talawanda to play, although the Beavers only have to play them once because of the fact that it's cross-division play. Although if Beaver Creek keeps up this pace... They'll be back in the red division because the top gold team in the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League goes in the red, and the bottom red team goes down to the gold. Which right now, if nothing changes, I think the Elder Panthers will be dropping. I mean, Elder last few years, they were a strong team along with St. X. I mean, those two Cincinnati squads, whew. You know, muscle emoji, 100, you know, smiling, grinning face. I don't know, I'm old. But, yeah, Elder this year, it's been a tough year. A lot of the offensive putouts is lost. They have Matt Larkin. This is his senior year. I thought last year was his senior year, but I'm wrong. Older brother Ron graduated last year or the year before that. Matt Mahan graduated. The starting goalie, Jacob Henn, graduated. So it's a young Panthers core, but... Coach Del Prince with the Panthers, I know he'll he'll get the ship right up. So might be a rough year this year, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, Centerville, great performance. Drew Schemmel, his 10th hat trick on the year. He's got 49 goals as we turn the calendar from 2018 to 2019 in 20 games. That's two per game. That's outstanding. And yesterday, the Elks were without one of their senior defensemen due to a separate shoulder. He goes back and plays defense most of the time. That's outstanding. I mean, for, I mentioned on the stream, on the power plays and the PKs, he'll sit behind the points with another defender. But having to do that even strength most of the match, that's outstanding. Both the Elks and the Beavers have great teams, and like I mentioned, if you can come out to see high school hockey, you won't be disappointed. These kids put in the heart, the soul, and the effort to win. The Elks, with the championship win, go to 10-10 and on the year. They pick up a 7-2 win over Beaver Creek and a nice shiny red trophy to put in the trophy case. Springboro's trophy case is at South Metro. I'm not sure if it's at South Metro for the Elks, or if it's at Centerville High School. I don't know, honestly, but a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun broadcasting those games. I wish my voice was at 100% to call those games. A lot of the Beaver fans and a lot of the Elk fans came up, say hi, you know. One of, one of them noticed that my voice was gone. I was like, hmm, yeah. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's it's probably one of my favorite times of the year because it's my most busiest wrestling tournament and the Miami Valley Freeze. I could see Hobart, the home of the first college internship I had. Well, outside college internship I had. Although I started it I started it when I was still in college before I graduated. Got to see my old boss, JT Zabo, too. He came up for the 
second evening game, said hi. I was staring down, got to see him, so that was pretty cool. And I wore my Troy Bruins jacket to the championship Sunday bouts because, like I mentioned, it's probably one of my favorite jackets I have, except I don't wear it much anymore. The Bauer Centerville Elks hockey jacket, that's my favorite. That's got pockets on pockets on pockets, and it's quite warm, too. I love it. So that's the only two tournaments that happened. Wrong. Now, these are the only two that I looked up and I found out about. There are probably a lot more that I did not grasp. But the WPTW Classic, that's right, the radio station in the Upper Valley in Piqua, they have the Classic hosted by the Piqua Indians. Piqua hoisted their own title by defeating Troy Christian 63-55 for the title. The Eagles of Troy Christian defeated Bethel by two to get to the championship game. And also the Preble Shawnee Holiday Tournament. That's probably one of my favorite ones and one that I really wish I got a chance to broadcast, but it, it never happened. The Twin Valley South Panthers took the title again. The last time I was there, Twin Valley South had the most titles over host Preble Shawnee, and the Panthers did it again. They took down Northwestern for the title. To get to the title game, they took on their foes up on 503, the Tri-County North Panthers. South boys basketball is having a good year. They did suffer their first conference loss at Miami East, but still a good year. And as a citizen of West Alexandria, that makes me happy. So I know there I know I don't have a lot of time to talk boys basketball and girls basketball, but you know, maybe one episode I'll tell you who's leading what. And of course flying to the hoops coming up in a couple weeks as well. So you know that's gonna be talked about. So hey, how about that save the crew movement? That sure is the thing, and that sure happened because it's now official. According to Massive Report, it took 437 days to secure the future of MLS in Columbus. D and Jimmy Haslam, who also own the Cleveland Browns, and Dr. Pete Edwards are the new interim owners. And I put interim in quotes on my notes to kind of say there's still one more step to clear, but it's pretty much out of the woods and let the ink dry. The more you know, let the ink dry, and anyway, are my crutch words of the day. Anytime you hear those after this point, scream as loud as you can when you hear it. Anyway. Hey, there you go. That's a test. Ha! So, D. and Jimmy Haslam and Dr. Pete Edwards now own the Columbus crew. Meaning Anthony Precourt can sliver out of Columbus with his precious MOS franchise, leaving the team in Columbus, but still having a team to move to Austin. So, what's that mean? It means the crew staying put in Ohio, where they belong, and then Austin will have an MOS team considering the fact that the Austin Bold are start to play in USL this upcoming season. Yeah, the whole Anthony Precourt thing, you know, the sooner he gets out of Ohio, the better. You know, Chad Hollingsworth was telling me on episode 14, which, wow, how many episodes ago was that? 51? What was that, 16? 14, so it'd be 52. Wow, that's been a while. Anyway... 
Ah. <laughs> so, the future is almost here for crew fans. You got another season, maybe two, at Mafray. And then that becomes a public sports venue. Which I really love the plans for the crew. And I, I'm super psyched to see the crew move to Arena District. And I love the Arena District in Columbus. I love Nationwide. I just wish the team in there was better. And, you know, could win a playoff series. And I tug at my heartstrings like, hey, we're doing well. We're going to win a playoff. Lol, nope. Here's the Penguins. Arena District, if you've never been to Columbus, it's a stretch of Nationwide Boulevard, which is right off 670. It's got Nationwide Arena, one-time home of the Columbus Destroyers and the Arena Football League. Man, I wish the Destroyers come back. Arena Football and indoor football itself is just fantastic, but we also have the Blue Jackets, like I mentioned, and the Columbus Clippers. Long-time AAA team of the New York Yankees, now the AAA home of the Cleveland Indians. And if Cleveland ever decided, nah, we don't want Columbus, we want to go somewhere else with AAA team, I would hope that Cincinnati would jump on that opportunity to get the Clippers. Because Columbus is that funny spot. I don't know how 50-50 it is. You got Cincinnati for your pro teams. You got Cleveland. You got that collagen uh, Columbus that's, you know, good. You know, capital, Otterbein, Ohio Dominican. Columbus State's pretty good for junior colleges. I feel like there's another one I'm missing. Is Ohio Wesleyan in Columbus? Is that somewhere else? I was about to say Ohio Christian, but no, that's Circleville. Moving on. It's going to drive me nuts. It's going to drive me nuts. I'm going to try to think about it all the time. But, yeah. Arena District is beautiful. Lots of restaurants. There was a movie theater there at one time. I think that closed. Or was it a restaurant that closed? Something closed. And I know that's outside Cincinnati and Dayton. I know. But I like the crew. And I'm happy the crew are staying. And it's important that the crew are staying because now that sets up a natural rivalry with FC Cincinnati, which, by the way, they're moving up to MOS this year. And I can't wait to see what they do. Hopefully a lot more playoff successes than they had at USL. Hopefully. So, yeah, crew staying put. Ink's got to dry, and then D and Jimmy Haslam are your new owners. I know there's a few folks out there raising their eyebrows like, mm? you know, Jimmy Haslam, known for that Flying J slash Pilot scandal. Is Pilot part of Flying J? I don't know. But, yeah. So, how about college basketball conference hoops? Those sure have begun, for the Horizon League anyway. And we'll talk about the two teams, Northern Kentucky and Wright State. We'll talk about the men's basketball squads first. The Norths are 2-0. and after taking down IUPUI 92-77 and UIC 73-58. Wright State's 1-1 one one so far. They fell in overtime to the Flames 75-72. And that was a strange game I was listening to. Apparently, there were three Flames that were kicked out after they came off the bench, was it? There's a lot of people like, that was bogus, but I'm not here to say what's bogus or not. I'm here to tell you. I listened to that game. Really back and forth. UIC's got a nice team, and Coach McLean's done a nice job bringing the Flames up another level. 
It was a big win at the Nutter Center for the Flames. OT, 75-72 UIC over Wright State. Although the Raiders got the rebound, they took down IUPUI 72-64 on Sunday afternoon. So the Raiders are 1-1 one one in men's basketball. Northern Kentucky 2-0. and And both the Norse and the Raiders make the trip as traveling partners up north to Michigan. The Raiders get Detroit Mercy first. And the Oakland Golden Grizzlies welcome in Northern Kentucky. And then they switch. A date to circle in your brand new 2019 calendars. January 11th. That's a Friday. Norfolk, Kentucky hosts Wright State at BB&T Arena. That's just across the river, and you know I'll be paying attention to that game. That's going to be an exciting bout. First of two, and then eventually it'll be at the Nutter Center for Wright State versus NKU. You can't really look ahead to that match first before looking at Detroit Mercy, Oakland. Oakland, they lost a lot of talent, but... It's still a tough place to play at the arena. It's also the blacktop as well because the court is kind of like a charcoal gray black. It's not quite, you know, solid black, but it's, you know, grayish black. I always like that. And I, I don't know what the history is behind that at Oakland, but I dig it. And Detroit Mercy, you got Callahan Hall, which I think is now Dick Vitale Court. I almost couldn't think of that name as well. If I couldn't think of Dick Vitale's name, I just was at Sweet 16, baby. Detroit basketball. You know, because that's that's all that Dick Vitale's known for, right? Right. So, there you go. That was sarcasm, by the way. The women's basketball squads, Wright State starts off 2-0. and after defeating IUPUI in Indianapolis in overtime, 78-75. Yes, that was the same day the Raiders men fell at home in OT. And then Wright State picks up a win in Chicago against UIC, 79-46. The Norths are 1-1 one one with a win against UIC, but a loss versus IUPUI, 70-48. What's funny to me is this rarely happens in sports. Rarely. But there's three teams in the Horizon League in Ohio. Wright State in Dayton, Cleveland State, and Youngstown State in Cleveland and Youngstown. But I don't know if you knew that or not. That's, again, sarcasm. You know what? Throw sarcasm into the bunch. If I get sarcastic, yell and scream and pull up your pants as loud as you can when you hear it. Pull up your pants as loud as you can when you hear it. That's staying in. <laughs> In women's basketball, Youngstown State, Cleveland State, and Wright State are 2-0, and which is an early lead for first. Green Bay's 1-0. They took on Milwaukee. And when you play your rival, I was going to say in-state rival, but UIC doesn't have that anymore. That's IUPUI. That could be the letter battle, though, because I don't know most people know that UIC is short for the University of Illinois at Chicago. And IUPUI is Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Why it's IUPUI, not IPI? I don't know. Because when Fort Wayne had both I, well, when they were IPFW, there's no U's in there. It's just weird. Now it's PFW because it's Purdue Fort Wayne, which you can see Purdue Fort Wayne when Flyers baseball opens up their home schedule, but most of the time the home openers are washed out because. 
snow or rain and the field's too wet. Hopefully it's moved to AIA if that's the case, but we'll see. But that's still a long ways away. So yeah, it's rare when all three Ohio schools lead the Horizon League at something, and it's happening in women's basketball right now. The big circle here is this Thursday. Green Bay comes to Wright State. I think the Raiders have a dynamite team, but that one hurdle has always been Green Bay. And you need to take care of the Phoenix if you want to win that Horizon League crown. We'll see how that goes. Then Milwaukee comes in Saturday because, you know, Green Bay, Milwaukee are travel partners. And then the Panthers are in, which is a team you should not sleep on as well because Milwaukee's pretty strong women's basketball-wise. Just not as strong as Green Bay because Green Bay has most of the tradition on their side starting from the 90s, I think. Might have been around the same time as the Dick Bennett days for men's hoops at Green Bay. But there you go. So that's your look at Horizon League Hoops. In other news, Obi Toppin made Sports Center with his between the legs dunk for the Dayton Flyers. They took down Georgia Southern. But really, you look, you just see that highlight. I'm just, I had to watch it like 20 times. It's like, did that kid really just dunk the ball between his legs? I think he's got over 30 dunks this year. That. <laughs> Brian Reese, the co-owner of Gem City Sports, told me that he's Obi-Wan Toppin. Or was it Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because Obi's his name. Man, that kick and dunk. I, I saw him make some spectacular ones against Western Michigan while running the social media for the Flyers men's basketball team. Just, wow. That talent. That's that's impressive. Flyers start A-10 play later this week. Again, once that starts along with Big East play for Xavier, which they did take down DePaul, I believe, in Chicago. I believe that's the result. Actually, I didn't get a final result on my phone. Actually, I think I swiped through it. So Xavier is starting Big East play. Cincinnati starts AAC play later this week. And Miami, they beat Evansville in a close match to close out non-conference play. For men's hoops. We'll get more comprehensive with that next week. Possibly this week too. Because I I am sad I missed an episode last week. But with Christmas. Those four days of work. Yeah it was tough to pull out an episode. And I do apologize folks. So let's talk about construction. Because that's fun. And I don't want to talk about the Bengals yet. Because I know I'll get pretty... Pretty angry about it. You started the year off 4-1. and one and you, Anyway. Roberts. I talked about it a couple times. Last few episodes. I made an episode about it. A while back. So Roberts is almost gone. The plaza is completely leveled. What's left. The wall that faces. The old Central Avenue ramp. Let me tell you about a time where. In West Carrollton, getting to 75 was a big pain in the butt. Because it was. If you're heading east towards Moraine and Kettering on Central, you can get on 75 North, but you would have to turn around at the stoplight at 741, which is maybe a mile or so, 
and then turn around to get to South 75, get on that ramp from Dixie. If you're heading west towards West Carrollton on Dixie, you can get to South 75, but not North 75. You would have to make the turn at, what was it, Crossbar? It was something else. It's not Manchester Boulevard. That's what it's called now. But you have to go on that little road past Roberts and then make a left-hand turn at that light, and then you can get on 75, which that part was easier than the other part that I mentioned because getting to 70 or 741 was a little bit longer. Still, I mean, the ramps, you know, yeah. They changed that since. Now you can get on North and South 75 on the same road concept they finished that a couple years back but that's not the big part so that wall facing will be the south part of that complex that's still standing that's probably going to get knocked down this week and the entrance if you ever seen pictures of roberts if you ever went to roberts if you ever went to the flea market or the wrestling arena they had back there before it was shut down because of mold you know it's a 90 degree right angle entrance you have Roberts well you had Roberts showing its name up there in blue paint and you had the doors right there you had that low leaning archway and then you go through doors and they're in Roberts well if you go through those doors you're in a big you know heap of rubble and you're also trespassing which is a big no no so yeah Roberts is almost gone they have done a very nice job quickly getting through that they might even start today i don't know what construction schedules are it is raining but maybe that'll help keep the dust down some i don't know i act like i know what i'm talking about but most of the time i don't so yeah if you want to see the entrance to roberts or if you want to see the old font that roberts had before their logo for their closed up shop that's still up i believe I think that's still up. I think that might be the loading dock area that they still have to knock down. The administrative offices across the way, that hasn't been touched. I don't know if that's going to be touched. I thought it was supposed to be knocked down too, but it's still standing. So there you go. So yeah, if you like stuff, you can see that before it's completely leveled. Like I mentioned before, I am happy that it's seeing new life and not just sitting and rotting and molding away. It is a little sad to see a little piece of childhood history go away, but if you're using it for some good, here's a thumbs up from me. And it's not like we went shopping at Roberts every weekend or something. It's just we got furniture there, and I remember it. And like I mentioned, Channel 2 had a lot of the ads, and they were sponsored by Roberts for the longest time for their evening news. So there you go. So the Bengals season is over. I don't know what pact of a Bengals fan you consider yourself, but I'm kind of in the hallelujah stage. I mean, I'm going to miss Dan Hoare call football because the Bearcats have the bowl game and that's it. And I think that's today. I've been keeping up with the Bulls. But the Bengals season is officially over. It felt last afternoon... I was going to say last night. Technically, it was last night. 16-13 at Pittsburgh. Another three-point loss to the Steelers. I was quite happy that it was a close game, but 
we should have won it. We we had a 10-3 lead. I say we as the Bengals. Bengals had a 10-3 lead at the half, and Pittsburgh had a kicker, McCrane. I think he's a rookie kicker, and I didn't realize that they swapped from Boswell to the kicker, but they did. And McCrane hit, what did he hit, three of them in the extra point? 16 would be a touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal. Yeah. Look at me figure out math like that on the top of my head. Woo. Bengals played the Steelers quite well at Heinz Field, which is a tough place to play at. Would have been nice to see the win. Yeah. Because the only win in the last stretch of, what is that, eight games, nine games, was against the Raiders. And they're drafting second. The Bengals don't even have a top ten pick. I think they pick 11th, though, which, you know. Can I just say, though, it is kind of funny. The Lions did embarrass the Packers, but that dropped them out of a top-five pick. It's funny how football works. It's funny how sports works. It's funny how this podcast works, too, because I just swapped, because I really don't want to talk about the next thing, which, what do you do with Marvin Lewis? If it was up to me, he's gone. Three straight years without the playoffs. And sure, you can say, oh, well, the Bengals had, what, 28 players go to the IR? It's still no excuse. You have people to fill in. The Bengals can pick up people to put a part of the team. You still have, and you can make the excuse, well, Andy Dalton broke his thumb. Well, remember, Andy Dalton played up until the game versus Cleveland. He was still part of that negative stretch. And I don't think Dalton's part of the problem. I don't know if, anymore if he's part of the solution to get the Bengals past the first round of the playoffs. But we, I think the Bengals need in a shakeout top to bottom. And it hurts me to say it because I want to see the Bengals do well. But towards the latter part of the season this month, I only listened to maybe, what, a couple minutes? Of the Raiders game? Maybe the Baltimore game? Yeah, it was the Baltimore game. I didn't get to listen to much of the Bengals games, but at the same time, I was just like, yep, they lost. And then, oh, they beat the Raiders? Wow. I might be mad at the Bengals, but that doesn't mean I stop caring. Insert picture of old man putting the umbrella on top of a Bengals logo here. Which, by the way, if it was up to me, it'd be the 2D football helmet, not the B. Actually, the Tiger. The Bengal Tiger. I'd put that one. That's a good logo. Why'd they retire that? Although, you know, that was during the time where the Bengals just completely stunk. I'm worried that we're heading back that way. That we're regressing that that way. Where from 91 to 2004, you know... Bengals football was... You want to see him do well, and you know it's just not going to happen type of thing. So, Marvin Lewis. Even if the Bengals get rid of him, I would not hire Hugh Jackson to be the head coach. I'm sorry. He went through that 0-16 season with Cleveland. I'm surprised the Browns kept him a little bit into this season. And we'll swap over to the Browns. They lost in a close game with Baltimore. Man, the Ravens look good with Lamar Jackson, don't they? 
he is the future, and I, I think Joe Flacco's days as a Raven are numbered. But, man, Lamar Jackson. I, I, I like him. I think he'll do well with Baltimore. Browns had a nice season, 7-8-1. and one. And you might think, well, that's an under 500 season. Well, yeah, but you're talking about last year where it was 0-16. Oh, I saw a report saying that even though Greg Williams really turned that boat around, he's not going to be the top runner for head coach, which is fine, but you got to keep. You got to keep them. Greg Williams is a nice defensive coordinator, although he was part of Bounty Gate. I feel like he learned his lesson on that. And yeah, Bounty Gate was not a pleasant thing, but at the same time, you saw how the Browns did. Baker Mayfield is the real deal to me. I mean, I like Baker already because he planted the Oklahoma flag in the middle of the Ohio State logo in their win at Ohio Stadium. So yeah, I, I, I like Baker Mayfield and I like his attitude because he broke rookie records and yet he still talked about how great the team is. So I dig that. I dig that a lot. I think the future's brighter towards the lake compared to the river in Ohio, but we'll see. We'll see how things go. We'll see how the draft goes. We'll see how the Black Monday goes, as they call it, which is the term for NFL coaches getting axed, which started last night. Todd Bowles of the Jets was told he was not coming back for a fifth season. I think Steve Wilkes of Arizona is getting the axe after one year. And I'm trying to think whatever head coaches out there that got axed. Pete Carroll didn't get axed. He got an extension with Seattle. I mean, considering that the Seahawks pretty banged up, defense was very questionable. He, he is really patched up that Seahawks team. I've been a Carroll fan since I started following sports. I've always followed USC football, which <laughs> let me tell you about a mess. Although, didn't they get Cliff Kingsbury, the former coach at Texas Tech, as their OC? Or did I just see that they were trying to do that? I don't know. So that was a good discussion on the Bengals. Bounce to the Browns, and then Pete Carroll gets an extension. Who else got the axe, though? That's going to drive me nuts. Not Bill Belichick, obviously. I don't think Matt Patricia is getting the axe. It's gonna be it's gonna be a slow ship to turn around. Frank Reich was a great hire for Indianapolis. He's not going anywhere after one year. Colts made the playoffs after all, which is a good transition because I can't think of the other coaches that got axed. Playoffs, playoffs. I just want to talk about winning a darn game. Trademark. So the playoffs are decided, and the teams that are making it. We'll have the wild card battles of Indianapolis at Houston, number six Colts at the number three Texans. Texans won the AFC South. Number five Seattle takes on the NFC East winner Dallas, five at four Seahawks at Cowboys. Number five Chargers take on the AFC North winners, Baltimore Ravens. That's five at four. And you have number six, Philadelphia, taking on the Chicago Bears, the NFC North winners. What a great season by the Bears. And Nick Foles. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. That's that's just impressive to me. 
It's really impressive. Although he was four snaps away from getting a bonus because of a light injury. And that backup actually played quite well for the Eagles, what I saw on Twitter. But then again, that's when I was falling asleep. So he started playing well, and then I fell asleep. So hopefully he still played well. The Eagles got in the playoffs, so I know Philadelphia won that game. In the divisional round, you have Kansas City either hosting the Colts, the Chargers, or the Ravens. And the Los Angeles Rams, the number two seed in the NFC, will host the Seahawks, the Cowboys, or the Bears. New England, the number two seed, has their ninth bye. That's just amazing to me how well the New England Patriots machine is running, considering that Gronkowski just, man, that makes me sad, just seeing Gronkowski not the same tight end as he was. But then again, age is catching up. Football's a tough sport. takes a lot out of you, so I get it. Although you can give Gronk credit for starting the sleeveless sweatshirt trend, I guess. I, that's the first person I really saw wearing one. It's like, why would anyone wear one? So there you go. New England will either have the Chargers, the Texans, or the Ravens. And then New Orleans, the number one seed in the NFC, will either get the Eagles, the Seahawks, or the Cowboys. That's your wild card and divisional round. And then Super Bowl 53 in beautiful Mercedes-Benz Superdome showcasing Atlanta, Georgia. That's February 3rd. And yours truly will hope to watch that game on CBS. And that is all I have written down. There is a loss that I feel needs to be addressed. Lyle Stig, the original voice of the Dayton Gems and Dayton Bombers for a time on WHIO Radio, passed away recently. One of the broadcasters that hockey fans quickly warm up and say, wow, I remember him calling games on the radio. There's a lot of folks chiming in on that, and it is sad. And rest in peace, Lyle. I hope to follow in your footsteps, meaning I'll have a great broadcasting career. But we'll see as 2019 opens up tomorrow. And that will do it. That's episode 76. Thanks for being patient and letting me have Christmas week off. There might be a second episode this week. I'm not sure yet. It was a light week of work for yours truly for hockey and basketball, but still an exciting week coming up. It's always an exciting week when there's sports to talk about. And I hope you join me for the new year. One full year in the books. One and a half years turned in on this podcast. That's amazing to me. If you told me that I was going to stick around with this podcast this long, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll believe it when I actually do it. And I've actually done it. So 2019, my goals, get a broadcasting job, get past an interview, a rare interview that I get, and then actually get a job and actually work in the field and not just freelance and reach two years with this podcast, get more guests, get more topics, get more innovative and get more listeners. I appreciate all of you for listening to this podcast. You make this worth doing. I do appreciate you. Thank you out there. Try to think if I could stretch this any more 
30 seconds. I'm trying to think of something else to talk about, but really, I can't think of anything. Right now, New Zealand is celebrating a New Year's, and we'll get it at midnight tonight. 2019. Here's hoping it's not as rough and tumble as it was last year in 2018. Good year, but pretty rough year. Episode 76 in the books, the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.